Hello and welcome to The Crux of the Matter, our show by pastors, for pastors. My name is Pastor Todd Peppercorn. And I'm Pastor Scott Stigmeyer. And we are here recording during Holy Week, and we're going to talk about what it is like on the other side today. That is the other side of the resurrection, uh, at least for pastors. But before we get to that, we have a little bit of feedback. Talk to me, Scott. Yes, we do. We received a, a message from listener Jared, and this is what he writes. He says, Pastor Nabil Noor, my good friend, mentor, and brother circuit pastor here in South Dakota, told me the following, quote, Jared, remember you are not alone. You are not a lone ranger. Even the lone ranger had Tonto. You are indeed correct that being a faithful Lutheran pastor is hard, which is why this podcast is so wonderful. I have many Tontos, and you both, through the show, are included in that list. So thanks for, thanks much for taking the time and keep up the awesome show. Uh, we, we're, you're most welcome, Jared, and thank you for listening. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, I guess I've been called worse than Tonto. Yeah, so, yeah, that's okay. We're 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 walking beside you for sure. Yes, indeed, something along those lines. Um, all right. Well, let's get to our uh, let's get to our topic at hand. Our topic at hand is recharging after Easter. Now we are recording this as we uh, as we speak. We're recording this during Holy Week, and I, for one, am really looking forward to to. Easter for all of the all of the Lutheran reasons, the theological reasons. I'm also looking forward to Easter because, frankly, this Lent has been kind of a kind of a rough road. It's been uh, hard. We've had a lot of funerals, um, just a lot of things going on in the congregation, and I am kind of worn out. Scott, are you tired I already? You. I'm tired already, mm-hmm. and it's Holy Tuesday, <laughs> at least as we record this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's probably not a good sign, is it? Well, uh, so what? What happens for the for the pastor? What? Okay, so the the Alleluia's have been have been sung. Our throats are raw. We are full of joy, and the last the last service, the candles are are out. Now what? <laughs> well, now a big sigh for one thing. Yeah, um, you know, a big sigh. The the uh, the services themselves are rejuvenating. I mean, there is an element in which that is certainly true. That just going through it, it's actually. I find usually, Todd, that I'm I am often more stressed and anxious and weary. The early part of Holy Week. I may be physically tired and mentally tired at the end of Holy Week, but there's a there's a boost for sure that I get sure. in the next few days that, um, you know, and I don't know about you, but do you have um, retired pastors who can kind of help out with some of the preaching load? I do, um, although this this year, this year I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot in terms of help with services. Sometimes I do. Uh, I have three retired pastors in my parish. Uh, one of them's in in Kenya. I've talked about Pastor Fro before. Uh, one of them serving a vacancy, and the other one will be uh, playing the French horn on Easter this year. So, uh, which is great, and I'm glad that he's doing it. But uh, but not a lot this year. This year I'm uh, I'm kind of doing the show. Yeah, same here. I have a couple of retired pastors around, but um, and in the past I've had them help with some of the preaching, and and um, I've got one fellow who's helping me with. Um, the liturgy on the Easter Vigil, but I decided to take all the preaching onto myself, so it's my own fault. But 
and I added a service. So I both added a service and I decided to do all the preaching instead of sharing at least one of the services. So it's like doing two more. I'm doing two more sermons this year than I have done in the last four or five um, Holy Weeks. And that's, that's a lot of words. Well, the Scott. only reason I've added those things is because this is my last Holy Week here. Yeah, I'm. I'm taking. Oh, a that's got to be weird. Yeah, I'm taking my. I'm taking a call, and so I don't expect to be preaching a Holy Week again. I mean, I hope to be able to assist in whatever church I join in California, but you know, this is my last time for sure to do the all those services. So I'm doing them. There you go, and that's a good reason. Um, and and I love Holy Week. I love the. I love the services. I love. I, I love the the pacing of it and, and everything that goes along with Holy Week. But it is, uh, it is both invigorating and tiring. Um, I kind of, I, I do agree with you, Scott, that I do think that once you're kind of into it, once Monday, Thursday hits, you're kind of on the roller coaster yeah. and now you're, and now you're on the ride and whatever you've got, you've got. Yep. And, and no matter what happens come 12 o'clock on Sunday, uh, it's going to be done. Yep. And, and that's, and that's good. So the next, uh, two, three days, at least for, for me, as we record are kind of crunch days. Um, so is it just you take a nap and then it's business as usual afterwards? Well, I've always done and I mean this sounds very obvious, but I've always taken time off right after right, right after Easter and I usually do right after Christmas too. But right. um so what we've done the last few years is Julie and I go into the city of Chicago and we just get a bed and breakfast or you know a hotel room or something for 3 or 4 days and right. um you know go from easter monday and i don't i have sometimes i'll take like a whole week off and take the next weekend and have a substitute preacher the next weekend but i right. haven't done that the last few years because i started doing confirmation the week after easter so okay. i don't take the following sunday off but i take some of the days during the week off right well and if you think of it Holy Week is that it's invigorating. It's wonderful. It is, in essence, about five Sundays worth of work. Oh yeah, packed into packed into one week. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And and so the pastor really needs to have time. Uh, and and one of the one of the difficulties that I have, and or the the stresses that I that I feel on this process is. I am somewhat introverted when it comes, at least when it comes to how I re recharge and regain energy, um, that, that I am much more likely to recharge by solitude. Mm -hmm. However, uh, I have a family yeah. with four, with four children who will not see me this week or will only see me as everyone else in the congregation sees me. Yeah. Uh, and so they're, and and as it so happens, they are usually on break the week after Easter. Mm. So which is uh, which is great. And I love my children, obviously, etc. Yeah. But that that creates a uh, a rather interesting tension for me, too, is, OK, I need to recharge, but I also need to reconnect. Yeah, uh, I need to reconnect with my wife, with my family and and kind of we've been on this uh, this ride that really starts at about the beginning of December and and goes through till till Easter and uh and I 
I struggle with that uh, needing to have uh, just kind of some time to stare at the wall and not do anything or, you know, read a book or watch a movie or something, but also want to have time with my kids. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. that's a that's a pickle. I don't know. I, I wish I had an, a, a, a sort of nifty solution for it, do you, but I don't. Do you take any actual vacation time? I do. Um, we're gonna we'll talk about where what we're doing after Easter uh, a little later in the show, actually. But I you I do usually take or end up going somewhere because uh, that's that is the other reality, at least for me, is if I am in town, I can take a day off. You know, my day off is usually Monday. Mm-hmm. If I'm in town, I can take a day off, but. But um, beyond that, it is very difficult for me. I'm not much of a staycation sort of person. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's tough. And and so that really means that we have to physically leave yeah. in order to in order to truly have a you have to vacate in order to have a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done this a couple of times over my ministry is where maybe it's not been. It sounds like it's going to be convenient for you to go on vacation with your family because they have spring break at the right time. But there have been times when I haven't been able to take a vacation, right, uh, an actual vacation right after Easter or something. So I have instead gone personally to a monastery. Have you ever done that? I haven't. Yeah, I've done that a couple times where you go to a monastery. It's just a retreat. Just go as a retreat. And and you can spend a few days there and it usually costs something. But, you know, it's not very expensive. It's not nearly as expensive as going to a hotel or, um, you know, or a bed and breakfast or something. You pay a little something. You get your meals um, and you just sort of participate in the community or it depends on the place. They may have more of a retreat center type setup um, where you're kind of on your own. Um, but in other situations, you're invited to participate with the prayers of the, the of the monks and so forth. But then, you know, you can take a book, you can take several books, you can take a computer and you can do depending on where it is, you can take long walks. And um, I've done that a couple of times, um, did that once in Pittsburgh. Mm. And, and that was really that was really rejuvenating. And I've known other pastors who do that. Just find a monastery and call them up and see if you can come and visit for a few days after Easter. That is a good idea, Scott. I don't know why I've never actually done that. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, I mean, obviously it doesn't work for if you're with your family, but if it's ever a time where your kids don't have break and they can't be on you know, vacation with you or, or, or whatever else, you know, you just want to arrange it. Right. To, like maybe when you get back from your vacation, you'll take a couple of extra days just for yourself. If you can, right. you know, if you can negotiate that with your wife and, you know, and get everything. Um, right. approved that's get everything lined up yeah, as it were yeah yeah that's that i mean that's a great way to get some solitude for sure sure oh that's a that's a good idea they, it really is and they often have like a garden or they might have a beautiful building or some place that you can be reflective hmm so interesting yeah. interesting interesting and and of course a part of the a part of the challenge i think is that at least for me, it's very easy for me to, if I don't say it out loud, to kind of imply or give off the vibe. That is that a theological term? The vibe. Uh-huh. Give off the vibe that I am so busy doing all of these services, I don't have time for all of your problems, <laughs> whatever your problems are, mm. and uh, and so I always feel like I have people that are 
they're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> they're waiting for me. And once I'm done, then I'm going to kind of receive this onslaught of, of, uh, of people. And that is completely understandable. And I, I do truly appreciate that they are trying to respect my, my energy and time and space and all of that. And that, you know, I'm their pastor. I, I need to provide pastoral care for them. This is my job. This is my, this is my call. Uh, But that, but that also uh, I have found often happens is that during Lent, uh, kind of church things tend to, I'll say church business things tend to slow down. We have a little bit less meetings. We have, uh, you know, and all of those things tend to ramp up right after Easter. Uh, I have occasionally had to put the brakes on uh, on on things because okay, it's after Easter. Well, let's uh, let's meet on Tuesday after Easter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perhaps we can wait for a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's uh, that's that's another one of these challenges that I think pastors face is how do I how do I recharge how do how do I uh, reconnect with my family and how do I do all of these things while the life of the parish continues to roll on and you know I have a I have a good good friend in my circuit he's got a funeral on Easter Monday oh my. Um, and that was uh, as compared to having it on Holy Saturday. Mm. So, it, you know, some things don't wait, of course. So it's a, it's a, it is a real challenge. Um, you can't on how to how to structure this this time and think through it. You can't control when people are going to die. That's one. Nope. That's one thing I learned a long time ago. And so, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, that is. So the you're saying that the, the the everyday tasks, the the responsibilities and cares of the parish sort of stack up, and yeah, and, and then you kind of feel like you get sort of a flood of neediness or need. Um, I know, I know what you mean. That happens for sure. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Well, so I guess if I were if I were to if I were to look at this, and and of course I'm speaking to myself as much as I am to any to any anyone else for the pastor the pastor has to recognize that you've gone through uh, uh an, a wonderful week but also a, a a tiring week there are many words many sermons uh it's a it's a lot of work in a lot of different ways and um and it is very easy as a pastor to just kind of keep going and going and going and pretend like you're the energizer bunny that that you never that you never stop, and so uh, I think that this is a this is a topic that we're going to have to come back to uh, on more than one occasion, Scott. Because somehow, as pastors, we have to uh, we have to be able to disengage from our our vocation. Not that we're denying the vocation, but that there has to be a way of. Uh, of of rejuvenating, and I would suggest that also includes being fed. Mm-hmm. That that I, that I need to have a a time and a place and a way to actually be a sheep, mm-hmm. not just a shepherd. Um, do you know anything about the traditions of uh, like the blessing of uh, of chrism oil on Holy Thursday? 
Um, are you familiar with that? Well, I, that I mean, I, I know it exists. I know it exists as a practice, but I've never done it. Yeah, me neither. Um, I know that at least at one point Zion in Detroit uh, did this and that kind of what it served as. And I always I always wanted to make it up there when uh, when I was in Fort Wayne or even in Kenosha. I never did. Uh, but it, it from the outsider, it looked to me like it served as a time and a place where the where the pastors were able to gather together. It was like Holy Thursday morning and and have a uh, a, a service of reflection and and a prayer and meditation uh, with the Eucharist to kind of strengthen building up, getting ready for the, the great three days. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know, and maybe I am totally wrong on that. If, by the way, you think that I am totally wrong, mm-hmm. you can email us at feedback at the crux of the matter dot net. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And, and if I uh, am in need of correction, I will happily receive it. But, uh, but that is the kind of thing where, I don't know, I feel like we've, we've turned Winkles into, into a business meeting. Mm-hmm. We've, turned, uh, we've turned the mutual consolation of the brother into not a, an actual consolation and a, a time of strengthening, but either as a, as a business, as a time where we sort of, you know, brag about how good we're doing and downplay when things aren't going well. Um, I don't know. It's, and, and, and that, that for me is highlighted when you look at uh, a time like after Easter, when what you need or what I need is to be built up and, and strengthened and encouraged uh, I don't need more. I don't need meetings. I don't need. Uh, I don't need stuff. Right. Um, a lot of. I don't know. A lot of times, Winkles, I, in my experience, do turn into either like a business meeting. And this is what we got to do, or they turn into just gossip gab fests. Right. And right. Uh, neither one of those things is very helpful. Or they turn into political action groups, and, and right. You know th- that that's usually not the best purpose for a Winkle. Um, there may be a place for doing that. There may be a place for political work and business work, but it'd be nice if we could go to a Winkle and just have it be about refreshing and um, being spiritually nurtured. Uh, you're familiar with the metaphor of sharpening the saw, right? You know, sure. I mean, if you keep sawing with the same blade, it's going to get dull. And then when it gets dull, it's going to have to take twice as much effort on your part to get it to do half as much work. And, but you would get a lot more, you, well, you know, I can't stop sawing because, you know, I got to get this work done. I can't stop long enough. But what you need to do is you need to stop, take the time out, sharpen that sucker, and then you can get the work done and it won't be, you won't have to exert as much effort to get the work done. Well, to sharpen your saw may mean to be, hey, I need to take a couple days where I'm just going to, you know, do crossword puzzles and read a novel. Um, or, you know, have some visit with friends, um, you know, or maybe you need solitude, maybe go on walks, nature walks and stuff like that. Right. And that can be all about sharpening the saw and getting the rest that you need. And, um, you know, and the other thing is too, I mean, because we are pastors, we are in a caring profession. We're always being, um, asked to care for people. And that's of course not a, it's a burden, but it's a joyful burden. It's a burden we take up willingly and joyfully as our Lord did. But we have to develop, I think, like doctors do, we have to develop kind of a detached concern. Otherwise, I'm going to be emotionally 
completely obliterated by, you know, this person's need and then this person's need and then this person's need. And then I've got my own need and my own family's need. And right. pretty soon there's just nothing left of me. And then I'm just a husk. But we doctors talk about developing a detached compassion. And that is where you care, but that you just somehow learn to stop from becoming emotionally invested with everybody's concern. Because that way, otherwise you can't, you just can't do it. There's just no way. There's just no way. No. And, and, uh, even our Lord, on pretty regular basis, would uh, set aside time for time of solitude. Absolutely, where he would he would go and uh, and have and have time for prayer and meditation and the like. So, why have we lost that skill as pastors? Do you think we have? Am I crazy on that? No, Scott? I don't think you, I don't think you're crazy. I think we have. I think with. Uh, um, we are so we are so oriented towards being productive, and I don't know where that comes from. If that comes from reading too many business type leadership management books, or if it right. or if it comes from the world, on to, or if it's just part of our own selves. Um, but this need to be productive, this need to feel like we've accomplished stuff, um, can become idolatrous. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever read. Have you ever read much of Eugene Peterson's books? Yeah, I have. It's been a couple of years, yeah. but I, I sure have five smooth stones right. for pastoral work. Right, and, yeah. working the angles, and he's got several right. books, and and um, you know he spends a lot of time talking about this this need to be busy, um, this need to feel productive, this um, this drive that we have. So, um, you know, so I recommend those. I mean, if you haven't, if you're listening and you haven't ever listened to or read Eugene Peterson. Um, you know, he's, he's not a Lutheran, so some of his doctrine might be, um, you know, you might have to have your blinders on a little bit, but he, he really does a good job of sort of discerning the problem that we have as busy pastors, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah that's worth, uh, that's, that's worth some exploration, I think. I think indeed. Um, why don't we, uh, why don't we go on, Scott? I think okay. we've, uh, I think we've kind of covered this for enough for right now. Uh, it's after Easter. We can have a little bit shorter episode, and I expect that the world won't end. Yeah. Do you think that would be okay? I think I'd be all right. Sounds good. Um, so our friend of the show for this week is a uh, is a pastor. His name is Pastor Hans Feeney. He is a pastor at River of Life Lutheran Church in Shanahan, Illinois. Did I pronounce that right, Scott? I think Did so. We? I think that's okay. how it's Okay, well, you know, we Californians don't know how to do this Midwest stuff. So, uh, Hans is the is among other things the creator of of a, a, a YouTube I don't know program show something or other called Lutheran Satire, uh, which is it's essentially a uh, an animated uh, an, an animated snarkiness with a Lutheran Lutheran twist to it, uh, and and he also writes fairly regularly. On on at the Federalist, which is a, an online journal, uh, he has an he has an article that that uh, came out during Holy Week that uh, that essentially asks the question of how is it how is it that the millennial generation has taken up the uh, the the gay lobby as their as their uh, topic. The title of the article is gay marriage isn't about justice. It's about Selma envy. <laughs> and he, he does a really interesting, I think an interesting job looking at 
uh, at the difference between the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s and the gay rights movement of the of the last 10 years or something like that. But uh, Hans is a good thinker. He's a he's a good writer and, and a, one of the funniest guys that I know. Uh, so he's our he's our friend of the show for this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that article. I didn't know, but I mean, I, I often will read his articles when they appear on the Federalist, but I hadn't seen that one yet. It, it just came out today. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that all, so that list. should be good. And uh, by the time our listeners hear this episode, it'll it'll have been out for a week or something like that. So, yep, Hans Feeney, check him out. All right. So it's bringing joy this week, my friend. Well, the last, um, it seems like a whole bunch of weeks I've been mentioning books. And um, today I'm not going to mention books. So yay for that, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to mention a something that's book related. And um, since I'm getting ready to move, and not just because I'm getting ready to move, just because I, I have this desire where all of a sudden it seems to come out of nowhere to get my books organized, I have kind of a large library. And so I – No kidding. You know, and a lot of pastors do. And I don't know what software you have used for organizing your books, but I use Bookpedia. Um, is that one that you've used, Todd? Do you know that I, one? I have. In fact, that, that, is my, uh, that is my current system. Well, the reason I like Bookpedia is because what I'm doing is I'm cataloging all my books in a Library of Congress manner. And I'm going through each and every one, and I'm writing, creating spine tabs or spine, right. um, you know, the little stickers. And right. um, so that I can organize everything the way it's supposed to be organized. And when I look something up, it won't be just sort of randomly stuck on a wall where on a shelf where I think it might belong. And um, so Bookpedia is giving me joy this week. And it has a it has a feature where it will help you look up the Library of Congress designation for each book. Nice. Yeah, I've used uh, I, I've used Bookpedia. I haven't done much with it in in the last couple of years, but I've used Bookpedia um, there, there's another one called Delicious Library mm -hmm. that uh, that is very similar. Um, most recently, I've been using a uh, I've been using an online uh, site called Goodreads to uh, Goodreads.com to to check out my uh, uh, to kind of keep track of my books. But I have uh, I have kind of fallen off the organizational wagon the last year or two when it comes to books, but. Uh, yeah, it's a good pick. Well, mine is uh, not a uh, is not a book either. Uh, as the dear hearers are hearing this, Lord willing, I will be at the Grand Canyon next week. Hmm. So we are uh, we are leaving the day after Easter and are going camping at the Grand Canyon. My family and I have uh, been kind of avid campers for. 10 years or something like that. We, uh, we just got a new camper. Haven't picked it up yet. We will be picking it up and we will take our maiden voyage with that, uh, during the week of Easter. So we're going to go to the grand Canyon, which is about mm, 11, 12 hours from me here and probably go to uh, Sequoia national forest on our way back. Nice. So I am, uh, uh, I am looking f very much looking forward to unplugging there as much as possible. And, uh, and, and really getting into another one of my hobbies, which is photography. We can talk about that another time. So that's what we're uh, – uh, so that's what I'm doing and that is definitely going to be bringing joy for the week after Easter. Wow, sounds awesome. So blessed blessed uh, week to you, my friend. And to you. And, and uh, 
I uh, look forward to the uh, the other side of Easter and of uh, and of the bright joy that the resurrection brings. Any final words to our listeners? No, just uh, if you're a pastor, make sure you get your rest. <laughs> All right, amen, yeah. amen to that. Thanks for listening. Right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, that's good. Cool. Yeah, I think that'll uh I think that'll do for us. Uh so if you want to if you could rustle up a uh a link for Bookpedia. Okay. Um and put that in the put that in the notes, that would be good. Um and then I had some, one other thing. Oh, and then uh and then stick the uh stick you should you will probably have two audio files to stick in Dropbox yeah, for me yeah. because, so we you know, because we got the cut one. up there. Right. We got cut off with just a, a few minutes in. But uh, that should do it. All right. So I think that I am I think that I am off to go get about a thousand bulletins printed and, you know, Good for get you. all of that stuff you. done. So Great. I am confident that we will chat again, however. Yeah. On more than one occasion this week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. It's it seems pretty likely. Yeah. So alrighty, take care, my All friend. Right, you too. T- yep, talk we'll to talk later. to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.